Hello everyone and welcome to the GXM podcast. That's Games Cross Music or Games X Music, depending on how you like your X's. We take a good hard look at news and topics around video game music and the intersection between video games and the music industry. Also, anything adjacent that we find interesting. We come to it all with genuine curiosity and open minds and hearts about all of the people, organisations and companies involved, as well as, of course, the music and games themselves. My name is Thomas Quilfelt. For GXM, I'm speaking as a freelancer and game music fan, but at the time of recording, I'm also community manager and A&R consultant for Laced Records, a video game soundtrack label which is part of Keyword Studios. My opinions are my own, however. Joining me is my co-host, journalist Matt Ombler, who has interviewed all sorts of composers, music artists and others across this space, with pieces published in Enemy, The Washington Post, Wired, Video Game Chronicle, Polygon and many more. How's it going, Matt? I am very good, thank you. Um, I'm very excited to record this lovely first episode of a dedicated video game music podcast so yeah i'm i'm very very good how are you i'm good thank you our maiden voyage um what have you been listening to or or playing lately resident evil 4 is coming out on friday so i have trekked myself to a brand new sound bar and some surround speakers, which are on, I've never had like a surround sound set up, despite the amount of time I spend playing video games and watching TV. So, in advance of Resident Evil 4 coming out, now that I've got the soundbar, I've been thinking, hmm, what, what games have I got that have a really, really good soundtrack where I can see how this music sounds through a banging soundbar? And that, of course, has been Final Fantasy to get rhythm given it's home to loads of Final Fantasy music. So I've basically just been revisiting that. And also Metroid Prime, because at the time of playing Metroid Prime, I thought the music and the sound design in that was absolutely incredible. So hearing it now, like 15 years later, or however late it is, through like a full surround sound setup is absolutely class. Brilliant, brilliant. Well, I have, uh, my birthday just uh, came and went. I also got Fiat Rhythm, which is, uh, I, I played the previous two games on, on 3DS, but uh, this one's a bit of a dream come true, actually, to, to put down the stylus and get some proper controls in there and I've been playing it with the, the kids who um, are really really love it and the great thing is it's too hard for them to play so it's an excuse for me to keep hold of the controllers and not have them pester me too much but they do pester me about who I have in my party so I tried to take Barrett out the other day and put the the worry of light in and I got I didn't hear the end of it so I had to <laughs> uh, uh, sub Barrett back in uh, and then my seven-year-old kept making me play everything on basic because he couldn't bear me missing a beat. Oh. Now, I'm pretty good at rhythm, as a musician and Final Fantasy fan, music fan. I'm pretty good at not missing a beat on basic. But I kept on saying, that's too easy. Come on, let's push it up to expert. So he sort of talked them into letting me play it how I want to and then occasionally straying into ultimate. But yeah, yeah, it's a, such a brilliant game. What are the difficulties? You've got the... You've got the first one, like the beginner one, and then there's... It's basic, expert, ultimate, 
and Supreme, although each level has a sort of different grading of difficulty with a number on it. So it might be that the basic level is like basic is two, expert is five, ultimate is eight and Supreme is 13. Oh, and the, and those will shift around as well. Um, so yeah, it's 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 pretty crazy. But even within a, a seemingly easy kind of expert level, there'll be just like this mad passage where you're going to be like bang, boom, bang, boom. That's that's exactly what gets you. It feels you. like you're in a boss fight. It feels like you're in a really hard boss fight. Yeah. With some of the passages, and it just gives you this crazy feeling. It's great. I had it the other day with. Um put Man With The Machine Gun On from Final Fantasy VIII, which is one of my favourite tunes. And I know it's quite fast, but I was like, you know what, I think I've I think I've got this on Supreme. And it was just, <laughs> it was the different buttons, you know what I mean? It wasn't so much the rhythm, because if I had like, if that was on like a Guitar Hero controller or whatever else, like the rhythm was fine because I've got the rhythm like nailed down. Like you were saying, like as a musician, like as someone who loves Final Fantasy music, like me and you, we've, we've got the fundamentals of it down. It's when you've got to jump from like a diagonal right to then diagonal left and then do a flicky something, that's where it throws you off. And when you're doing that in such quick movements, it's just like, ah, like it, it, it just gets wild. You're a metal drummer, so it's not like you can't do things fast, but that is, that's to do with kind of muscle and... But it's about how fast your brain can send signals to your... How fast your your eyes can see the notes coming along the screen and then how fast you send signals through your brain to your fingers and then do you have a four and a seven-year-old jumping on you and you can't hear the music properly because the kettle's on and um, (laughs) yeah i I don't have a sound bar i'm sort of standing in the middle of the living room the switch and uh yeah fighting for uh fighting for audio space so um yeah it's been a blast actually i really 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 enjoyed that Mm. uh yeah So should we uh, should we go into our first news section now? We, funnily enough, we we tried a few test recordings and we had quite a lot of news to talk about a few weeks ago, including things like the uh, the Hi-Fi Rush Shadow Drop and the first Grammy Awards featuring a dedicated video game uh, award. Uh, and then for our maiden episode, not that much has been going on, but we have a couple of things uh, down here to to chat about. Do you want to go into yours first, Matt? You've got something here about uh, quite an interesting, uh, innovative thing. I've never heard of this person, so do you want to elaborate? Yeah, of course. And to be honest, like I, I'd never heard of this producer either, which is typically the case when you've got producers like behind big names, but... Basically, um, the Grammy-winning and Oscar-nominated producer Blood Pop has launched a new game studio alongside loads of industry veterans. If, like me and like Tom, you have not heard of Blood Pop, fear not, they are basically responsible for creating music for artists such as Lady Gaga and Beyonce. Um, so as far as Blood Pop's kind of like discography goes in terms of his work credits, he's produced music for like some of the biggest artists in the world. So this is a big deal. From the research that I've done, I wasn't able to kind of find like any previous gaming creds, which I think makes this quite interesting, but obviously there's a, there's a gaming link there. Guy was born in 1990, so he's 
probably grown up with a lot of video games, but what's in interesting, if you look at the makeup of the studio, you've got people who have worked on titles like League of Legends, Halo Infinite, Cyberpunk, Red Dead Redemption 2, The Sims, and absolutely loads more. Does it? Do you get the idea that he's like a sort of creative director type or...? Yeah, I, I think basically this is probably someone who, similar to how me and you will chat about kind of music opportunities in games in terms of wouldn't it be cool if we could hear this artist in this video game or wouldn't it be cool if for the next Fortnite concert or next PUBG concert so-and-so played kind of thing. I reckon this is someone who is obviously very talented, very creative, obviously has kind of like his ears to the ground in terms of what's happening with video games, has seen a potential opportunity here to do more when it comes to merging the worlds of video games and music. And what's interesting, if you look at the video game they're developing, which is currently in pre-alpha, um, you can try it, you can sign up to it now and try and get in uh, if you go to the Genpop website, which is the name of the studio. It looks very much like Valorant. And do you know what I mean? It's got that Valorant kind of Riot Games, League of Legends art style. And everything I'm reading about this project and just everything I'm seeing both visually and just in terms of like the way the game is described and their kind of like mission statement as a game studio it's described, it kind of reminds me of what everything League of Legends is doing. Do you know what I mean? Like kind of that taking big names from the world of music bringing that IP into video games and then doing cool stuff. And as we've seen, of course, with Riot, with Arcane and all the, the things they've done with League of Legends, they break back out of video games. Yeah. Uh, and we we live now in a, in a world where the, the Last of Us has broken records with its HBO TV show. Arcane has won awards as well. So, so we're living in a very kind of cross-media rich world where... The, the lines are getting blurred with video game with IP properties that are just sort of um, swimming in and out of, of video games now. So it makes a lot of sense. I think the most interesting thing that I could see was their mission statement basically says, we are on a mission to create the next generation of pop. That to me gives me an idea that they might be wanting to do the whole KDA thing that League of Legends has done. So for those of you that are listening and aren't aware, um, there is a K-pop group called KDA, um, who are basically a K-pop group built using characters from the League of Legends games. So I'm looking at this and kind of thinking, you know what, if this video game takes off and the IP becomes strong enough, is this something where they could take these characters and then create like out of game music experiences with them? Maybe, like this blood pop guy obviously has the music creds to produce music, so I think it'll be an interesting one to watch. Good stuff. Well, I saw something, uh, a story about, well, Hypnosis is a, a huge uh, rights-gobbling catalogue company that's done some absolutely eye-watering deals with really, really big heritage artists over the last couple of years it's it's cooled off a little lately but they have struck a deal with the personalized music for gaming firm reactional music 
I think this is the first time I've heard of UK-born reactional music. They have uh, de developed a patented technology that allows real-time personalization of soundtracks and music during gameplay, which is pretty interesting. It's something I heard mooted once years and years ago about multiplayer shooters, about like, oh, why can't we get like in-game Spotify playlists between players and things like that? And back in the day, they always seemed at panels and things with, with music licensing people and with games people. There still seemed to be this sort of unease or, or lack of complete communication between like, how that would work and how the rights would work and exactly what kind of license would be needed to make that happen and I wouldn't even know where to start going into all the ins and outs of of sort of communication to the public and all the different basket of rights that would be involved there but it sounds like now deals are being done around that to try and make that kind of thing happen the deal opens up to reactional music uh hypnosis is a 70,000 song catalog which includes over 3,500 global number ones to be integrated into gameplay using reactional's tech um uh, and reactional in turn claims that it will give hypnosis access to millions of gamers as well as access to the world's game developers um i tried to find out what games this would actually sort of go into or could be used straight away apparently it's being used in the playstation and psvr2 title garden of the sea and also an avici experience at the space esports center in stockholm but as far as i'm aware reactionals uh self-service platform is is sort of due for big launch in 2023 so i think it's still kind of somewhat um somewhat under wraps but uh, yeah what, what does this make you think of I think the first thing that stood out was obviously now that we've kind of got the extra CPU of the PS5 and Xbox Series X and everything that can be done with dynamic music, at first I was kind of thinking, uh, what does this mean for like messing with music in terms of stems and stuff? But it says does not alter, mix, or edit the music master. So that's out the window. Well, yeah, and that's a rights point, and that's quite important because, yeah. of course, once you start messing with the master recording you are you're adapting you're changing it and for that you need extra rights which of course and that that requires extra rights buy-in from the rights holders which is a whole nother kettle of fish which is why when you get a game like Fu um, fuser you know or dj hero guitar hero or something that's a kind of different rights deal yeah where they do need permission to make changes uh it needs to be able to alter the music on the go because you know fuser especially um so this is not that this is more jukeboxy i think what it reminds me of is or where i see potential is hmm valve have a new counter-strike coming out in a year or two or whatever it is you can have music packs in counter-strike in csgo so for those of you who haven't heard of the music packs in CSGO, imagine, let, let's use Call of Duty as an example because that's a first-person shooter that most people will recognise. Imagine if in Call of Duty you could purchase and then have your own music that plays during specific in-game moments, such as when you plant the bomb or when you capture a territory, or at the start of a new game. That is something that CSGO currently does through its music packs. So I'm looking at this kind of proposition, 
and thinking, if they can get the right developers and publishers on board who have previously struggled with wanting to do this but not being able to know which routes to go down to sort the licensing, I think it'd be really cool. And I think, like, it's not, it's not only first-person shooters. Look at something like Rocket League, which, again, Rocket League, like, those of you who haven't played it, really fun, basically football, but with toy cars. You already have in that game the option to buy, like, sound kits that will play a set and audio effect when you score a goal or when something cool happens. So why could you not do that with music? Do you know what I mean? You smash a goal in Rocket League and seven seconds of whatever number one plays out. Like, that would be sick. So it'll be interesting to see where it goes. And I think the important thing is that track would play for all users who are playing. And, you know, this company's taking care of the licensing to cover that. Um, yeah. But that's previously been, you know, so fiendishly difficult, uh, as, as I understand it, and I may understand it very poorly, that's previously been so fiendishly difficult that people haven't even in, attempted it. Yeah. <laughs> Although, I, I, you know, I heard someone sort of, mo you know, imagine if in Battlefield or whatever it was years ago decades ago imagine if this kind of so only now we sort of seem to be um inching towards it so yes interesting deal but but i, I think it's still kind of still getting there in terms of them rolling out the, the full platform yeah 100 percent Okay, so on future episodes, we will have a topic uh, that's pretty straightforward. We'll pick something and it, uh, that interests us and we'll, we'll dive deeply into it. But for this very first episode, I thought we should just talk about a little bit about ourselves and maybe why we're starting up this podcast, what we maybe hope to get out of it so that we can listen back. Hopefully, if we can keep it going for a little while, listen back and think we completely didn't nail that and went completely off course and everything changed and why did we say all this stuff so um but we're gonna yeah maybe share a few thoughts about what we want to cover and uh, what people might be able to expect from us and also of course we want to hear from other people we'd love to hear um stories people may have uh things that people might want to hear about and think we should cover and people can always get in touch with us at uh, gxmpodcast at gmail.com or at gxmpodcast on Twitter and Instagram. But yeah, Matt, do you want to start off? What, why are you talking to me on this podcast? What, what do you hope to sort of get out of it? So Tom's been begging me for years to start a video <laughs> game podcast and I finally caved in and said yes. But no, basically... It's not fair of us to sit here and not acknowledge the amazing work that people are already doing. So I think to start with, there are so many amazing groups and individuals who are kind of like spotlighting and shining a light on video game music and the video game, like all of the various kind of like areas of video game music, whether that's like sound design or game soundtracks or like all of these artists in the community in terms of like cover artists and remixes and arrangers. So there's all of these people doing all of these amazing things, but there's it, it's all kind of like different pockets. Do you know what I mean? Like, so and I think it'd be interesting to hear your thoughts on this. I wanted to have a space where we can talk about different things and kind of try and be somewhere that ties everything together 
whether that's if you've found us because you've heard that we did a podcast at one point where we spoke about the best Final Fantasy um, soundtracks, but then you stick around and then learn about virtual concerts because the next episode dives into that, or you heard about us because we've dived into the business of video game music and then stick around because on a future episode you hear us talk about music sync and licensing, like... I think it's all of these different facets of video game music that we want to tie together. Something that I've been doing as a freelancer in the past five years, reaching out to people in the scene, interviewing them, writing writing articles for publications. Uh, it's obviously an area that we're both incredibly passionate about. Um, and I think it's important that we add our insight to conversations that are happening. Um, but also use this podcast as a way to shine light and bring awareness to important issues, while also, and I think this is probably one of the most important things to say, is listen to whoever's tuning in on a regular basis and kind of go, right, what do you want us to talk about? Like, do you want to hear our thoughts on this or that? Like, let us know what you want to hear us talk about as well. So, yeah, that's that's kind of like why I'm interested about it. What about you? Well, I have, both of us have loved video game music for years. I think it's something that there's a lot of people who are passionate about it and express that passion in a number of ways, whether you get into the cover scene and make YouTube videos or write articles. You know, I work with Lace Records at the moment, uh, at the time of recording and work on video game soundtracks and releasing those on vinyl mainly and sort of the marketing around that and wanted I, I find myself kind of not always finding an excuse to dive more into the the other areas of video game music because I'm sort of head down on, on my little corner so what I really wanted is a sort of regular excuse to kind of broaden my awareness of because you and me have been sending stuff to each other for for quite a while now you know yeah just whenever we see something interesting we shoot it across to each other and what's always um been brilliant is that you have a slightly different we have different angles on it you care uh deeply about kind of commercial artists like commercial music artists and how they fit in and interact with not just video game music but video games themselves and culture yeah and especially historically you're very interested in like the 90s and indie bands and metal bands and hip-hop artists and it's just not that well covered an area and that's fascinating and i think that's you know whenever there's not that well covered an area that's that's a great the reason to sort of dive in and, and kind of talk more about it and think more about it because people in video games media can get a bit wrapped up and a bit defensive and a bit kind of um, walled gardeny about what is defining what is a video game and sticking to console, you know, and PC video games and kind of yeah. not broadening their minds and allowing more voices and perspectives in. And that's been a sort of, you know that's been quite a big problem for quite a long time so so what i really am very keen to get across to people is that that we don't think that video game music is one thing at all mm. we don't think it's a genre we're not just interested in the music itself made by composers we we'd love to hear from composers we've spoke both spoken to loads and interviewed loads over the years but we want to talk to 
audio directors, if possible, and session players, and cover artists, and vinyl people, and music supervisors, and cover artists, and arrangers, and the people who organise live events and concerts. And we want to learn more about the genres that you don't typically associate with kind of video game music, because I think if you were talking about genre, for instance, you're thinking like, I don't know, these days it's like one's mind might jump to like Hollywood orchestral or Hollywood kind of dark atmospheric synth stuff, Hans Zimmery kind of sound design-ish stuff. Or on the flip side, you might think of like chiptune or retro-y type stuff for, for video game music. But there's so much more to explore. You know, small ensembles, solo players, um, analog synth. There's just so many different palettes and ideas out there. And we want to, we can't talk about everything, but um, we want to try and keep our minds as open as possible and um, just touch on as much of it as possible and hear from people and, uh, and yeah, be really, really open-minded. And, you know, look, there's there's some fantastic composer uh, interview podcasts out there already. I mean, I recommend strongly that people go and check out uh, Level with Emily and uh, Music Respawn by, with Kate Remington. They they hit up all of the best and biggest composers out there, and they they do really thorough you know music led interviews, uh, and those guys are amazing. Um, we're not going to be able to compete with that, and I don't think we we particularly want to. And another thing to bear in mind is as well that we're going to have to kind of fight against is is that we're both you know Westerners in the UK. We're we're going to have to work hard to kind of make sure that we are considering perspectives from all around the world and 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 that includes not just you know japanese music uh, or or music from japanese developers and and composers and not just music from america as well but uh, you know i got to work on the the far cry 6 uh, vinyl release uh, a couple of months ago and that was fascinating learning how they put that together and and uh, uh, finding out more information from the audio director eduardo weisman about some of the some of the trials he had to go through just to get some artists, uh, Venezuelan artists, to record on that soundtrack, and and that was uh, that was amazing to learn about, and um, and and just not a story I'd heard really much uh, when when talking about video game music, and yet there it is in a, in a big triple get triple A game. So so yeah, I'm just I just want to emphasize that openness of mind that we're that we're bringing this to to just not focus just on game composers and game soundtracks per se like we really when we say the the word adjacent we're interested in what video game composers make in their spare time you know solo albums and things they make outside that's still it's not video game music per se but it's still part of the family is still part of the the wider world of it you know which is why on the next episode of the gxm podcast we will have a two hour and a half long special on the prog rock solo albums of mortai sakuraba (laughs) hosted entirely by me (laughs) but no should we should we do some that a threat? <laughs> yeah, it, it, that is a threat. Yes. And it, how, and many, it, how many has he got? I mean, he's right. got. He's got. I think he's literally got. He's got three. I think. I think he's got three dedicated. All right, I, I'm sorry, I asked, man. Right, okay. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Shall we do some 
icebreaker questions for listeners. So I will start by asking you a fairly generic but always interesting question. What would you say are your three favourite video game soundtracks and why? Final Fantasy VIII, not because it's my favourite Final Fantasy, because it's it over time it has become my favourite of those classic Uematsu soundtracks, and he's my favourite composer of all time. When you start a video game with a song like Liberé, Fatale, or however you pronounce it, like I, I genuinely can't, that is the best opening to a Final Fantasy game. Like yeah. it's just it's just wild. And then the other two, it's so boring. But I think one of them has to be Final Fantasy VII because I mean that's the honest answer. Mm. Um, because because that's the one it, that kicked it all off. That's the one I was making cassettes of, feeding the t- the sound from the PlayStation through to the. Co- you know, I wouldn't be into all of this without Final Fantasy VII. So. That's the honest answer. That's that's two of three, and then the third one could be one of many. Um, it, it, it's gonna be it's gonna have to be like a joint spread third across like Viva Pinata, Near Automata, or, or Dragon Quest Eight, and I can't decide which. Okay, they're they're nice. Uh... Tell me what your single hardest electronica video game soundtrack is that that gets your head banging here we go the reason tom has chosen this question is because i am on a never-ending mission to find the hardest video game soundtracks that have ever been written one of the hardest game soundtracks i have ever listened to and this is something i wanted to write about recently um but the composer never got back to me which I was really upset about because genuinely just YouTube search this soundtrack now, Robotron 64. Um, It's composed by Aubrey Hodges. It's basically a Gabba soundtrack. And I say it was composed by Aubrey Hodges. It was done alongside his friend who is a Gabba DJ. Gabba music, if you're not aware of it, is basically... Like, just really, really hard dance music at a ridiculous BPM. Like, it is so intensely fast. And, yeah, genuinely, like, the music in Robotron 64. For an N64 game, it's just ridiculous. It's almost a, it's almost <laughs> offensive how ridiculous it is. So yeah, I'd say that. Okay, I think you kind of slightly answered this already, but where did your passion for video game music start? Like, what inspired you to kind of like throw yourself into this world and fully immerse yourself in this world of video game music? Well, yeah, I've already, I've, i I was already a musician playing a lot of different instruments. Sadly, I've let most of them lapse. But as a kid, and then, age twelve, Final Fantasy VII comes out, and just those melodies, you know, and then just getting into downloading Japanese soundtracks, the the turn of the the millennia, and wanting to get really deep into it, and that sort of, 
yeah, that's pretty much pretty much the story, and I'm sure that's that's got to be the same for quite a lot of people. I'd I'd imagine. So similar to you, I'm a musician. I've been playing drums in metal bands since the age of like 12 and 13. Dabbled in keyboard before that and piano. Playing, and I think this is similar to kind of like the impact that. The, the musical impact that people experienced when they were playing Final Fantasy VII. When I played Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, specifically, I'd kind of say, three and four, the music in those games, I never really heard music like that before, but it was at, it was at that era where, as like, uh, God, how old would I have been? I think maybe... 11 or 12 when I was playing three or four so I was kind of going through that mini mosha phase do you know what I mean like back then new metal was absolutely massive so hearing all of this metal and punk and hardcore in a video game I was playing but a video game that like I was genuinely obsessed with like I loved the Tony Hawk's Pro Skater games I put so much time into those games and just hearing music from bands like Goldfinger, um, AFI, System of a Down, Motorhead, Iron Maiden, do you know what I mean? Even all of those older bands, like those dad rock bands, like ACDC, that I would have not listened to. <laughs> so my dad, my dad was into like Motown, do you know what I mean? Like he wasn't into like rock and metal. So those games had such a huge impact on my music taste. And then I grew up and ended up being in a metal band and then meeting best friends who I then spent the next five years of my life touring the UK and Europe with and genu and promoting shows and all of these other cool experiences where like when I when I kind of look at those experiences and go where did all of this start genuinely it started with Tony Hawk's Pro Skater in video games because I would not have got into metal and all of the kind of like associated subgenres and whatever else and just generally liking heavy music if it wasn't for the Tony Hawk's Pro Skater game. So I think a lot of kind of what I want to do now, because it's interesting, you kind of said earlier, how I like connecting the dots between video game music and mainstream artists and stuff like that. I think it's important because I kind of, I look at the kids now who are like 12 and 13 and playing video games, you know what I mean? The kids who are like experiencing these concerts and Fortnite and I'm, I'm kind of going like, this is important, like, because those kids who are maybe hearing Travis Scott for the first time, like, that might be the first time they've actually gone to a gig. Do you know what I mean? Like, even if it's a virtual concert, that's still like, hearing that music, music is like a shared experience, isn't it? So hearing that music with your best friends, whether it's on like Xbox Live or PlayStation Chat or whatever else, like, they are definitive moments in your life. So I think that's rooted in kind of a lot of the work that I do now in terms of, looking at these moments and recognizing how 10 years down the line, there might be a generation of kids who are saying similar to what I'm saying now, where it's kind of like, if it wasn't for Fortnite, if it wasn't for PUBG, if it wasn't for uh, Rocket League or whatever else, or Minecraft, I wouldn't be listening to the music that I'm playing now. If you could interview any game, either composer, audio director or director on any title game title historical game title who would it be oh but you're not allowed to publish the piece so you just get you get to have a long interview with them and find out everything you want to find out but you're not allowed to publish the piece who would it be so this is this is basically more who would you who would you rather go for a beer with in it yeah who would you yeah yeah, yeah i would say i would love to go for a beer and get very drunk 
with Steve Schnur, who is head of music at EA, because the amount of stories that guy must have in terms of we came so close to getting this artist on board or we came so close to doing that or here are our plans for that. Do you know what I mean? Like if that was a conversation I could have where I wasn't a journey, it was just kind of like, let's just throw it all out and like just tell me what your plans are and what's going on. I think Steve Schnair would be absolutely amazing. Second, I think maybe someone from Rock Band or Guitar Hero because both of those games were kind of responsible, I think, for showcasing how important video games can be, not just from a music discovery perspective, but also from a monetization perspective. So I would love to be privy to, like, what were those initial conversations like? Do you know what I mean? Like, how did they manage to convince the Beatles to let them license a Beatles rock band? And how did they manage to convince some of the biggest names in rock and metal to license their music? And what kind of impact? Because there's some figures out there from interviews that came out in the time in terms of, I think the Aerosmith version of Guitar Hero made the band more money than I think one of their albums at the time or something. But like, it would be, it would be amazing to hear what have the long-term repercussions been like? To get that level of insight that has never before seen, even thinking about it now is getting me like excited. So that infinite, <laughs> infinite beers with Steve Schnur and or the rock band or Guitar Hero team. What about you? You could do worse than like go for a beer with Yuzo Koshiro at the time of Streets of Rage 2. Yes. Know, at that exact time. <laughs> yeah. got to go to a club with him at Full the time. night out. After party at Cashiro's, just making Streets of Rage music afterwards until six in the morning. Yeah, exactly. I think I think that might have to be. I think that might have to be it yeah. because, uh, yeah, because I think I've heard the inside story of most of my other favourite games or scores or seen quite a lot of, you know, interviews and behind the scenes stuff. Or find out more about the LA Noir soundtrack. Actually, I really don't know much about that or or, or those guys at all. So I think that's a that's one I'd love to learn more about and yeah. how they settled on it. I like that. Okay. Um, final question then. What's the one thing in video game music that you wish people like were more aware of or talked more about? I think the main thing would be to kind of get music more into the conversation with reviewers and gamers in yeah. general. Now, it used to be a kind of a running joke that game reviews back in the magazines when we were growing up when we were really little, like, had separate scores for different facets of the game, you know, like music, graphics, the seven and music eight and whatever. Obviously, we've moved away from game scores to some extent. Some big sites don't even put scores on things anymore to, to kind of make a statement, you know, in some ways. But I think there was something to having a, having a sort of the music separated out, but at least at least at more of a mention in reviews as a matter of standard. Yeah. And having, uh, but but there's, it's almost too much to ask that reviewers be more musically aware or music literate or the soundtracks be louder or more in your face or I don't know. It's it's a really tricky one to to to, to request or desire because again, it still ends up more. It still ends up quite defensive of be like, I just want this medium to be more respected. Video games are bundles of art. They're bundles of art wrapped in co- commercial. Um, skins uh, so to speak and you know 
there's lots of animation in there, and there's lots of environmental art and lighting design and architecture and combat design, and there's all sorts of different disciplines that need recognition and tending uh, in a video game, and they don't always get all mentioned in reviews. No, and so music isn't some special kind of part that deserves a mention every single time. Yeah, where other parts of the game don't don't get it. I agree. Same to you, Matt. What would you like to bring light to, or what? Where do you think in this uh, this kind of whole area, this sector, deserves more love and more light? I think it's absolutely amazing that video game music is finally being recognised by the likes of the Grammys. We've had a BBC Proms concert. There's more visibility of video game music on radio stations, but a lot of this seems to focus on orchestrations and kind of like symphonies and basically just classical video game music, which, putting it out there, I have no problems with orchestrated versions of video game music. I love orchestrated video game music. Like I have, I earn, I have listened to more orchestrations of video game music than most people. Like some of my favorite video game soundtracks are like orchestrated, heavily orchestrated. But video game music is more than just these beautifully epic orchestrations. Do you know what I mean? Like, like we were saying earlier, video game music is not a genre. It's kind of like, it's right at the top of, you've got jazz arrangements, you've got house, like techno, dance, trance, um, punk, metal. There's all of these different music genres contributing to the overall music, like the video game music scene. And I do worry sometimes that the mainstreaming of video game music, if you will, tends to focus on these kind of, massive video game concerts and whatever else and you know what I'm kind of thinking I'm kind of thinking if if we can get like a thousand or so people down to a video game concert hall to watch the Royal Philharmonic or whoever else play these amazing arrangements of music from the Final Fantasy games and Legend of Zelda or whatever else why can we not fill uh, underground club with loads of techno and house bangers from video games. You know what I mean? And you can, because Nick Dwyer did that with the Digging in the Carts tour when he took Motohiro Karashima and Yuza Kashira, who did the music for Streets of Rage 2 and 3, and Kashira did Streets of Rage 1, obviously, as well. Um, they played that music alongside some tunes from Shinobi and some other games that they worked on at clubs like Fabric in London, um, one of the most iconic dance halls in the world. Also took it to Sonar Festival in Barcelona. Do you know what I mean? And kids, Dwyer was telling me there were thousands of people watching that DJ set at Sonar Festival. So I would love to see, and I don't know how this happens, but I would love to see promoters from outside of video game music look at what's happening to acknowledge the fact that some of these kind of like best of jungle and house and dnb like youtube you know what i mean those like best of playstation house music playlists you get on youtube that get like seven or eight million players and stuff i would love for a promoter to see that and then kind of go i want to do something with that i want to capitalize on that but also give back to fans by putting on 
a cool gig and maybe getting all of these big names in underground dance music or whatever else to do a video game music set and fill a couple of nightclubs in the UK and do a tour. Like something like that would be really, really cool. And I think also really, really important to bringing more people into kind of like video game music and stuff. Basically making it more accessible and showing that video game music is more than just these nice orchestrations. Okay, well, we're going to move on to Done in 60 Seconds because there's a gazillion things we could recommend to one another and to our audience. So we're going to keep it brief. We're just going to bring one thing a week and we're going to give ourselves only 60 seconds each to convince the other person to want to take a listen, uh, depending on what it is, of course. It could be a book, a film, or uh, something we've seen or, or heard, or, or probably more often than not going to be a, a soundtrack. It's going to be that this week. Uh, it's going to be a soundtrack and a track. I'm going to kick things off. Okay, I have 60 seconds. Here we go. Okay, Matt, there's this game I haven't played. I didn't even know it existed. It came out a couple of years ago in 2021 called Hoa. Turns out it's a puzzle platformer that looks like a Studio Ghibli uh, film or that is wearing that very much on its sleeve. The composer for the game is a pianist called Johannes Johansson, not to be mistaken with the Icelandic Johan Johansson, whereas Johannes Johansson is a Swedish composer. He's also a YouTube pianist uh, whose channel is called Akmigone or Akmigon, uh, and he's got 100,000 subscribers there, funny enough. Uh, and yeah, this uh, soundtrack just dropped out of nowhere, sort or random recommendation on Twitter. It's absolutely beautiful. If you like Joe Hisaishi's stuff, Studio Ghibli stuff, this will be right up your alley. It's very close to that, I'd say. Very romantic and swishy and swooshy. Um, and it was released by Sony Music Masterworks, so it's not a small deal in terms of a soundtrack. Uh, I hadn't heard of it, but I'm very glad I have now, and it's absolutely beautiful. That's absolutely lovely. So, Matt, what have you got for us? Here we go. Three, two, one, go. Well, mine is the complete opposite of what you've just recommended. It's not an original track. It is a remix of a track called Bloody Battle from Square Enix's top-down mech shooter, Einhander. Even by saying Einhander, you might be thinking, hmm, that, sound, that sounds quite hard, that almost sounds like a German techno kind of inspired track and you would be very very right. Add to the fact that the name of the track is Bloody Battle. Bloody Battle combined with German techno, I think you can expect your ears are about to be punished. I can't wait. Punish me. Let's go. <laughs> Okay, that is that is hard. 
I'm not that much of a club music person, but uh, that is extremely enjoyable. Um, slightly ashamed as well that the top comment, <laughs> I just clicked open the video and the top comment on that track, which to be fair, I think the only way you can listen to it is by finding it on YouTube. So that's Einhander Bloody Battle Remix. Um, and the top comment is just from me going, this is so expletive because I cannot swear on this podcast hard. <laughs> Well, everybody likes a bit of variety. Uh, maybe uh, maybe next time I'll try and bring something a little on the hard side and uh, you can bring something a bit more mellow and we'll see how we go. Well, that's all we've got time for on the uh, GXM podcast. Thank you so much for joining us on our exploration of the intersection between our two favourite things, video games and music. Please be sure to leave us a review on your podcast service of choice, especially Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at GXM Podcast. I'm T Quillfelt on Twitter. That's T-Q-I-L-L-F-E-L-D-T. Matt is Matt Ombler on Twitter. That's Matt with only one T because he lost the other one. If you have any feedback, any comments, any complaints, corrections, topic suggestions, game or soundtrack or article or podcast recommendations, anything at all, hit us up at gxmpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks very much and see you soon.